Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussion surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business, within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders, serial entrepreneurs, and girls just like us. In this episode of Raw and Real, Megan and I discuss quarantine life, including our morning routines, as well as the potential outcome of COVID-19 on the fashion industry. After watching countless live streams of industry leaders, consuming endless content on Instagram, and reading lengthy articles surrounding this topic, we thought we would break it down to the basics and start talking about the future of fashion. We hope that everyone is staying safe, staying home, and trying to stay positive during this time. This episode was recorded over our phones, so bear with us and thanks for listening. It's 10.30 in Chicago. It's 11.30 here. I always forget we're on a different time zone. (laughs) I know, I know. We should definitely dive into our morning routine and kind of what we do to get our day started and all that fun stuff because I know everyone out there is probably in the same boat, trying to figure out how to mix up their morning routine and, you know, make the most of the day. Yeah, for sure. We're both, Sam and I both are obsessed with routines lately. We've been listening to other people's podcasts and watching vlogs and stuff of like what people are doing to stay busy during this time and to really like make the most of the day or relax the most for the day. So um, we kind of wanted to start off this episode with a more lighthearted topic than a lot of um, the stuff we've been talking about. So we thought we'd do routine. So normally when I wake up in the morning, I go onto my phone, which I know we should not do or we've been told not to do, but I literally can't help it. And I'll normally scroll through Instagram. I'll go onto WWD and Business of Fashion. That's usually where I go to to get news uh, in the fashion industry. And then after that, I'm usually on my Instagram for like 30 minutes and then I'll go downstairs and make coffee and breakfast. I don't know what you like for breakfast, but I normally make a smoothie or yogurt. Mm -hmm. I am really into smoothies nowadays. I'm finding so many different smoothie recipes to try. That's good. Yeah. I've been into like cashew yogurt, which sounds super weird. But it's very good. It's so good. Have you tried coconut milk yogurt? I have not. Not yet. It doesn't sound enticing, but Mm -hmm. I swear it's really good. Give it a try. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so I'll usually have either yogurt with granola and banana or a smoothie. And I've been making... So in New York, this is really bad, but I would buy coffee almost every day, which I know is so bad. Like a $6. I know. (laughs) And I didn't have the budget for it whatsoever, but I would, I would buy my $6 coffee. And so it was really hard coming here and having (laughs) to make my own coffee. That sounds terrible, but I've gotten into the routine of it, obviously, because I can't go out and grab coffee and I really enjoy just drinking it from home now. So I'm excited post quarantine to hopefully keep that going yes and not spending six dollars every day yeah (laughs) (laughs) but so after I I eat breakfast I start journaling I've realized it's really helped me become clear-headed and focused Mm -hmm. for the day Mm -hmm. and I usually write down three things that I'm grateful for so it's kind of like a gratitude journal in a sense Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about this that we both do it but it's so helpful and even 
even if you feel like you don't have much to be grateful for, finding the little things is the key. You know, like if you're writing things that you're grateful for every day, obviously the list, (laughs) you don't want it to be the same list every day. So I'm finding that even really small things, like I was really grateful to drink coffee this morning, or I was, I'm really grateful to be quarantining in a place where there's nature around me because in New York, there isn't a lot of nature, things like that. And it, you know, it really helps you hone in into what's really important right now. I feel like by doing that every single day, you start noticing more and more things you can be grateful for. Like for me, I do the same thing as part of my journaling in the morning is three things I'm grateful for. And I found it comes to me easier and easier. Like with every day that passes something new, like today, one of mine was like the gift that I still have my sight. Like, I don't know why or how it would have been taken from me by now, but the fact that I can like still go on a walk with my friends in the morning and like see the morning sun and my legs are working and stuff like that. I never used to think about, but since I've been journaling, like all of that comes more with ease and really puts you in the moment and to be very like thankful for everything you have going for you. Something I also have been starting to do is write down quotes that I come across, whether it be in a book I'm reading or on social media or anything that inspires me. I I find when I write it down, it cements into my brain more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been, mm-hmm. I've been doing that as well. Um, so after my gratitude journal and my just mm-hmm. journaling, I usually go into a 15-minute flow stretch meditation session. So I have been doing Melissa Wood Health sessions. She does more Pilates focused, but a little bit of yoga too. And I love her. I love her sessions. And she has shorter flows that are about 10 to 15 minutes. And then she has longer flows that are more around 20, 30 minutes. But in the morning, I tend to just do a smaller, a shorter flow. Right. And then after that, I meditate. I've been doing her meditation sessions as well because she has those on her site but even for 10 minutes I just noticed such a difference when I meditate and I didn't meditate until being quarantined I don't know about you but yeah I'm like not I'm still not very good at meditating like the longest that I can actually sit and actively practice meditating is only like three minutes and that's a good day you literally have to start somewhere like I was listening to someone um it was on like an Oprah podcast and it was, they were talking about how meditation, like it's one of those things you just have to start implementing. Like even if it's 30 seconds in the day in your bed, before you even pick up your phone, to turn off your alarm, starting somewhere. And then it like organically will become easier, but hasn't yes. for me yet. So. Yeah. Because even if you meditate throughout the day, like I was told from a health coach once to do it about three times a day, which sounds like a lot, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be the whole, you know, sitting down, legs crossed, 10 minute meditation. It can be while you're brushing your teeth or mm-hmm. on the subway, which I feel like that would be hard for me to meditate on the subway. Yeah. But, you know, just little meditation sessions throughout the yeah. day can go a long way. Calm app is yeah. an app that I've found very helpful. And Insight mm-hmm. Timer is also a good meditation app. They definitely help improving your meditation skills, if that's even a skill. That's kind of my morning routine, I would say. After that, I kind of get on with my day, 
do any work that needs to be done. And I guess we can get into night routine later, but I want to hear about your morning routine. So I think because Sam and I are so similar, our morning routines are also pretty similar, which I think is also a good thing because your morning routine sounds lovely to me. Um, (laughs) So for me, I have like a pretty strict work schedule still. Like I'm working on Eastern time. So my work typically starts around like 8.30 a.m. Chicago time um, or like sometimes I'm like pushing 9am, which maybe that's not the best, but so normally I wake up around like 7.15, 7.30 in the morning. And the first thing I do, unfortunately, I'm really, I'm going to try and actively break it. Like starting this week, I do look at my phone. I look through Instagram for like 10 minutes just to see like if there's any breaking news. Cause that's um, where you get it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, um, I'll look at my email really quickly just to see if I do have to like work on something for work right away but I try not to. I always do like my skincare and I brush my teeth like first thing in the morning because it drives me crazy. Like if I have pimple product on or yeah. something. From the I do that before. too. Yeah. Everyone listening. I do brush my teeth. <laughs> and then following that before I even like go downstairs or anything, I do a yoga, like some sort of like stretching or ab workout for like five or 10 minutes in my room. Um, or maybe like this morning, for example, I didn't do that, but I got up at 7.30 and went on like a 45-minute walk with my best friend, Bridge, Aww. who thankfully lives across the street from me here in Chicago, too. She lives in New York as well, which is great. I miss Bridget. Um, she's the best. Um, so we went on a walk this morning. So it looked like every day, I feel like, does look a little bit different. But we had a walk, and then I got back around 8.15-ish, and I did my journaling, which I've been using Um the Skinny Confidential Lauren's like journal prompt right now that she's been doing during quarantine, which I love. So essentially it's three things I'm grateful for, which we talked about. It's like three ways I want to feel today, three people I'm sending happiness to. And then I've kind of implemented some of my own things, like three things I have to get done. And then she does like a list of seven things on her to-do list that like would be great if she did today. But instead I've done like a two-minute brain dump sort of thing. So like I just write whatever I want to write down for two minutes. Yeah. And then a two sentence prayer because I really want to get back into my faith. So yes. two sentences is all I got right now, but I'm writing it down. <laughs> so then after that, like some form of journaling and or reading, like sometimes I'll even read two or three pages of a book that I'm reading and like look for good quotes, like you said, to write down or underline or whatever kind of motivates me for that day. And then if I have time, which normally this is about the time when I'd start like getting my coffee, eating breakfast and starting to work because it's around like 8.30, 8.45 a.m. here. But if I have time or if I'm walking by myself without a friend, I do listen to a podcast of some kind. And my favorite for the morning is the daily because it gives you like a news briefing in 20 to 30 minutes, which is the perfect amount of time for me because anything longer, I kind of lose my attention span goes away. Yeah, but that's great. And then I do start working around then. I just try and take a break in the middle of the day and do like a walk or something. And then at night, I don't know, what's what does your night look like? Well, there's two night routines. There's a, there's a night routine that I want. And then there's like the night routine that's actually happening. <laughs> so I get that. I so totally I'm, get that. Yeah, I'm still going on my phone right before bed, which it's recommended not to do that. But I basically, I eat dinner, usually with my family. I have a lot of FaceTime sessions with people. Uh, I feel like there's like a happy hour of FaceTime every night. It's good socialization because on like a normal day, 
not a quarantine routine. (laughs) There'd be something after work where we'd be seeing someone. It's like a good, good thing to do on the side. And then in terms of getting ready for bed, I usually try to do a face mask or just do my normal skincare routine. But I try to do a face mask at least two times a week. I've been doing Peter Thomas Roth uh, face masks. Oh, I really right. want to try that and the Summer Fridays jet lag. I feel like I've Same. seen everywhere now. Yeah, I really Summer Fridays is my next purchase. Hopefully, I've heard <laughs> such great things about Summer mm-hmm. Fridays, and I've never tried it. Maybe. I follow one of the co-founders on Instagram, and she's amazing too. Lauren, I think her name is something. Oh, Lauren. Yeah, she does like mini workouts too that are good for like your morning flow or whatever. Yeah, after <laughs> I do my face routine. Then I try to journal. So if there's people out there, me included, that can't fall asleep sometimes because you have so many thoughts in your mind that are just going around and around. It's been shown that if you just write it all out before you go to bed, it can actually help you eliminate all those thoughts. So I've been trying to do that and I've I've actually noticed a difference. I kind of feel more clear-minded before I'm falling asleep. And then I try to read instead yeah. of going on social what media. What are you reading right now? Well, I'm almost done with Educated, which you oh, gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's by Tara Westover. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Mm-hmm. And it's a memoir about her life. It's it's just so inspiring to see how important education is and how lucky and blessed we are to have access mm-hmm. to education that a lot of people don't have easy access to. So yeah. it's a really it's a really inspiring book. It like made me want to be a lifelong learner, like to always be yeah. a beginner at something because I'm like blessed enough to have that opportunity, you know? Yeah. So I've been trying to read instead of going on my phone or on social media. It's been really hard, but I've just, I've heard that if you take about 30 minutes before you go to sleep and you don't go on your phone, it helps you fall asleep way faster. I was also told that if you have to go onto your screen, to buy blue light blocking glasses from yeah. Amazon. And yeah. so you probably I probably will look crazy if I end up buying them, but you put them on and then you read through your screen with these glasses. Yeah. And I've been seeing them on Instagram and stuff. I want a pair too. I feel like yeah. they'd be good. I'm looking at my computer and my phone literally all day. So it basically tells your brain that it's dark in the room, even if you're still looking at a bright screen. Also on the Lauren Skinny Confidential podcast about her routine, she talked about how when you pick up your phone first thing in the morning, which is why I want to break that habit, you automatically spike your cortisol. Cortisol that, levels? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And apparently that's not good. I don't, again, I don't know enough about it, but I want to learn more about it. It's good to have them go up a little bit but you don't want to like spike it too much or quickly I feel like or quickly that's why I was told like doing high interval sprints in the morning is like a no-no because because it spikes your cortisol levels so high that it's Mm -hmm. actually really bad but like flows like yoga and Pilates are really good because it doesn't spike it I feel like my night routine is pretty similar if I haven't done a workout yet I'll do an actual workout after work just because I have so much energy from like sitting all day and then I try and do some form of like socialization my family the girls in my family have started a book club like my aunts in town and my sister and my mom so we just finished Untamed by Glennon Doyle it was unbelievable like I've taken so much from that book and I really it just really makes you want to be the best version of yourself unapologetically. And I know like a lot of self-help books 
I feel like nowadays say that, but the way that Glennon words everything, it's like, I could never put it into words and she did it for me sort of thing. Like it was just so good. And there's so many good quotes in it for journaling purposes. <gasps> Love that. But other than that, like that's a form of socialization these days. Zoom calls, porch happy hours with my friends in the neighborhood, like six oh, feet apart outside. <laughs> um, yeah. Or I like try and cook dinner with my mom or something. But other than that, yeah, it's like reading. Have you been trying any new recipes? We've been baking way more than cooking, I would say. Like my family is never really one to like cook I mean, my mom cooks, obviously, like, so much every night. I'm, like, so grateful yeah. for that. She doesn't like it. She likes baking way more. So we did – we've done banana bread, pumpkin scones, <sighs> chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. That sounds I feel so like good. everyone has done banana bread during quarantine. Okay, I haven't, actually. Maybe this weekend. I'm guilty of not. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to this weekend. That's a good idea. My mom doesn't love cooking either, so – it's definitely been a lot of a lot of cooking, but I've been helping her and we've been trying new recipes. Yeah. Vegetarian recipes, because my brother went vegetarian and I'm vegetarian. So I have to say, like even when my mom makes, I'm like back into a phase with it. Like I told myself I wouldn't label my like eating again just because it gave me like put me in a weird position with food, I felt like. Yeah. But I definitely like I was pescatarian, as you know, for a few years, and I'm definitely like back on the track, which I don't mind because I'm. I watched um like the Super Size Me guy did a YouTube documentary. On I watched chicken, it too. Yeah, and that used to be like my only like okay, I'll eat chicken sometimes, and now I'm like oh my god, I shouldn't even be eating chicken. Yeah, <laughs> or eggs. I'm like I feel bad even eating eggs, but I know for everyone who has not seen that, watch it. What is it called? I can't it's Super Size Me. If you just type in supersize me onto YouTube, the newest one will pop up. Like you'll know, you'll see what we're talking about. But just to like close out this portion of the podcast before we get into COVID and the fashion industry, I do just want to say like, I feel it's important to address like not every day has been like this for me. Like I would say, honestly, 60%, the other 40 is like, I'm in a funk or I wake up and I'm just not in the mood. I don't feel motivated. Like I feel anxious or whatever. And I've really just been learning how to like surrender to my emotions in a sense and like not to put so much pressure to wake up and to journal. Like if journaling isn't my thing that day, if I don't even feel like waking up at 7.15, like I'm going to let myself sleep till 8.15. Like the energy is just heavy, I feel like right now. And it's okay to deal with it however you feel like you should. I totally agree. And I feel like we're both very similar in the fact that we are go-getters. And so I think we can be hard on ourselves if, you know, we don't have the most productive day. But I think it's really important what you said to take the time to listen to your body. If you don't feel like doing something, don't do it. And it's okay to be happy one day and sad the next day. Yeah. So Yeah. Not going to yeah. act like I didn't watch Too Hot to Handle in like two sittings. Same. <laughs> I can't believe I actually watched that show. I know. <laughs> I know it's addicting though. Have you been following the cast after on Instagram? On Instagram, some of them, yeah. Yeah. David was my favorite. I wanted him to find love so bad. Me too. When he was dreaming about personal growth, I was like, (laughs) David is mine. I was like, I'll go on for David. (laughs) I I guess we're going to jump into fashion now. Okay. So I guess to start off, we should maybe focus and touch on about what brands are currently doing right now amidst this pandemic. 
And, you know, I think brands are all taking a different route on how they handle COVID-19. I think most importantly, what brands should be focusing on is their message and how they're responding to the pandemic. And I think consumers are going to really take to heart how brands are responding even months after this blows over, hopefully months, not like a year, but I think consumers will still remember how brands handled the pandemic. I think so too. And I think I in particular have taken a liking and following more so to brands that have produced hospital gowns or changed their factories to hand sanitizer factories or are giving out masks for free to healthcare workers or with a, a purchase of something from their website. Like So many brands have done such a good job at um, adapting to this change, but I think it will be interesting, like, who kind of is more forgiving in, like, the timing here to follow and just to see, like, everyone is going to have to start, like, making money again and getting people back to work and back into stores, and it's going to take time, but I think consumers will still be responding to brands that are doing that, like, appropriately following this. I agree. And I think during this time, everyone's kind of realizing what actually matters. And I think, especially right now, what matters most is community and people and health. Mm -hmm. And one brand that I think is doing an amazing job is Valentino. For their fall ad, they decided to have models and actors such as Naomi, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Lauren Dern to model for free for fall Mm -hmm. ad campaign and all the benefits go to the COVID-19 research. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, the Italian designer Valentino stated perfectly that after this moment, we understood that we need people, we need humans, we don't need things and stuff. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's important that we build the idea of a community of people. And yes, I think brands are still going to come out with amazing collections post this pandemic, but I think it's more of a mindset of how many or how much stuff do we need to be producing, you know? And I think there's just an opportunity for brands like Valentino or YSL, for example, who has like decided they won't, even though Paris Fashion Week is technically canceled, they aren't even producing a collection to be presented digitally. Like it's a really an opportunity to redefine business models and reevaluate like what is important to your brand. Is it the culture at the office? Is it the, you know, like Valentino said, the people make the place. And I think like moving away from materialism in like, this is what Raw and Real is all about, like in an industry that we think of as superficial, like this really brought people back down to the roots. And I think it'll be interesting how industry leaders respond to this Yeah. once we're over kind of, I feel like we're past the initial like shock of how bad this is for everything. Like how are we going to like regrow the fashion industry? Like it's broken. How are we going to fix it? You know? Yeah. Because I think right now brands are probably thinking about how they're going to sell to customers Mm -hmm. because I think the way that they sell to customers is going to have to be different uh, post pandemic. And a former Burberry executive, Kate Larson, she said that more people may realize that we don't need new fashion and apparel Mm -hmm. as much like we were talking about. And that movement has already begun before COVID-19 hit, Mm -hmm. but the coronavirus has only amplified it. It really put sustainability on like a fast track, I feel like for a lot of people. And it'll be interesting to see what companies respond to that, like YSL has so far. Yeah. And something that's I feel like has started to take a turn is digital fashion. Mm-hmm. 
because people aren't producing clothing right now. And I think it'll be interesting to see if if the fashion industry actually goes more digitally. When you're saying digital fashion, are we talking like producing stuff or like how Tommy Hilfiger committed to the design process being digital or those certain like mostly European websites that are actually like photoshopping garments on to influencers for an Instagram post without actually creating something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we should probably dive into both, but yeah. Yeah. Like what Tommy Hilfiger is doing by 2021, the whole design process will be done with 3d design, which is insane. And PVH developed a digital fabric pattern and color asset library, and it provides digital raw materials instead of actually producing the raw materials. So it's mm-hmm. going to help a lot with waste. For right. me, I I purchase something based off of one, what it looks like and who the what the brand is and two, mm-hmm. how it feels and fits. So it'll be interesting to see how this works and if the consumer will still like the feel and fit from mm-hmm. it being designed digitally. Mm-hmm. And I think PVH, for people that might not know, PVH owns Calvin Klein, um, Tommy, and Heritage Brands. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be interesting given they're not necessarily like couture houses. Yeah. Like how, if even Balenciaga could do the same thing. Some of the gowns that Balenciaga makes might not like transition well into this sort of thing. But I think like starting with maybe more basic pieces or um, you know, wearable garments. Yeah, like ready to wear. Fun. Right. Yeah. There are people that are starting to go that way in terms of not even just the whole digital design process, but <clears throat> my throat. I'm having issues in my throat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sam and I are on Zoom while we're on anchor on our phones recording and because we tried to do this without watching each other and we were so unnatural, but it feels like I'm hanging out with her now. So it's fine. And she's having some throat issues. Sorry, guys. I My throat feels like it's on fire. I don't have Corona. Don't even think that's a symptom. But a second part of the digital fashion is the part where brands are now implementing different ways to try on. Mm-hmm. clothing digitally before purchasing it mm-hmm. whether that be you just want to see how something looks on you or now there's actual technology where you can now purchase clothing to wear digitally and to put it on social media without ever having it in person yeah <laughs> which I think that is insane easy to me this influencer at higher than fashion on instagram has been working with carlings which is a swedish company that does yeah. that And she is an environmental advocate and et cetera, refuses to work with fast fashion. And she was saying like the way that she worked with this company was really convenient and that it actually has huge potential for influencers because it's cheaper for them and like for the company to do while still giving the same exposure. I wonder what the rate of return is on that. Like, will people actually go and ask for it to be designed and created for them? I don't know, but I think it's definitely where we're heading, which is cool. Yeah. And I think we're able to head that direction because of social media. I think social media is obviously the driving force for brands pushing digital fashion, but people are so into social media Mm -hmm. and Instagram (laughs) that I think that this will actually work. I've never been one to be like huge into influencers per se. Like I I typically like to like follow along with and watch on YouTube or whatever, more micro influencers. But I have to say, 
in during this COVID-19 quarantine time, I've picked up both my screen time and yeah. my following of certain influencers and how they've reacted has totally changed my opinion on some people. Like, Oh, yeah. I was pretty neutral about um, Danielle Bernstein. She's got a lot of opinions about her, as do a lot of boss girls, women in fashion. But the way that she has responded to this pandemic has been incredible. It, actually, today she launched We Gave What, which is mm-hmm. another like extension of her personal brand, basically featuring small businesses and giving back. And it's going to continue far past this pandemic, like what she's doing with that. And I just think it's amazing. Like she has quite literally changed people's lives by giving them an Instagram shout out and prevented their business from going under. Like I know personally, I've followed three more like um, ready to wear type designers that are either thrifting vintage or like recreating stuff that I think is really cool that I've learned through her. So she's like automatically put me onto them. And I just think she's done an amazing job. I agree. I think influencers who are predominantly just focused on fashion during this pandemic may struggle because there's so many other insensitive. Like, yeah, if you're not addressing it and you're just showing off your new Gucci slides or whatever, it's like some people literally lost their job today and you're showing off however many hundreds of dollars pairs of shoes, you know, for people and influencers who are promoting maybe other things other than fashion, like Mm -hmm. their workout routine or what they're making for dinner or ways to stay positive. Yeah, exactly. Pivoting from fashion only content to share other things like that is really helping and really creating momentum in their following and who wants to follow them. It's going to stick with me who actually was making a difference during this time and who didn't really care. Or who like didn't acknowledge their privilege because a lot of the influencers we follow by default, like live a pretty good lifestyle And who isn't acknowledging that, like, they have nature because they were able to leave their New York City apartment to go to their house in upstate New York or something, you know? Yeah, I read in in a Vogue business article that they think influencers who can pull in audiences across multiple content categories Mm -hmm. and do behind-the-scenes creative work for brands will thrive Mm -hmm. because after all of this goes away, I think their role is going to be different. And it's going to really show if they can pull in people from different categories. Yeah. So I think like in short, we just wanted to touch on some of the stuff that we think might come out of this in a positive light. Like obviously there's a lot going down in the industry right now. People filing for bankruptcy or people losing their jobs and people not being able to work retail. Like fashion is just going to undergo something extremely different after this. For example, as you guys know, after our first episode, I work in wholesale and clearly with new markets filing for bankruptcy and just a lot of specialty stores closing and a lot of change happening. I think it'll be interesting to see how people respond. Like for example, Nordstrom recently opened their new store in New York and in Manhattan on 59th and Broadway. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm excited to see that they're opening a store but is our department stores going to be around for like much longer? But I was talking about it with um, one of my friends I work with and she was saying like, think about how that Nordstrom opened. Like 
it's an experience to go in there. There's a whole skincare lab and there's like a Nike collaboration corner that is super cool and like feels like a boutique. Nordstrom has, I think they'll still be around after this because they're doing cool stuff like that and being innovative in the wholesale sense still. I'm not sure where these have been implemented yet, but I know Nordstrom has opened some of these boutique type Nordstroms where you place an online order and it sends to that Nordstrom near you and you don't have to pay for it until you try it all on and have the whole Nordstrom experience in this like small, like way smaller version of Nordstrom basically. And then when you decide what you like or don't like, you walk out with it, having tried it on and paying for it like after the fact, which I think is genius. So I, excited so genius. Yeah. Cause I think brands are going to have to start thinking more innovative and have more pioneered approaches. I think Amazon is a great example of pioneering the way yeah. and creating things that have never been done before. And I think now we're going to see fashion brands doing the same. And I know Amazon fashion is a whole thing. With all of this time on our hands, I think businesses will come out more organized and have more approaches to handling work challenges. Yeah. And I think also everyone's going to be way more appreciative after this. Consumers yeah. and brands and branding is also going to play a huge factor. Like what we were saying earlier, it's it's ultimately not what you say, but who you choose to be. And we were talking about the Adidas versus Nike's reaction to mm -hmm. COVID. Examples like that will just show where the brand wants to lead. Yeah. And it impacts who I'm going to buy from in the future. Like, how did you treat your employees? Like, did you make them feel safe? Did you make them feel like they didn't have a choice and they had to go to work? Like, all of that matters to me as a consumer now more than ever. I do think it will, like, stay with me after this, even when times are seemingly, like, quote unquote, good again. You can say all you want about sustainability and this and that, but if you're not actually showing up and only producing two collections a year or actually watching how much packaging you're using when you're shipping stuff like it would be it's just so hypocritical when you purchase something from like a sustainable line and it comes in all this plastic you're like I could have taken this in tissue paper and a bag like that's what I yeah. would have preferred but a you either like didn't give me that option or b like I'm confused by your your branding and yeah. that that impacts if you buy from them again so I think that's a good point Lastly, I do think that consumers are going to be more budget conscious mm -hmm. and aren't going to be so quick to go out to the shopping malls or to any stores once they reopen. Right. And I think too, like just as a closing remark about all of this, like with that being said, it forces people into thinking creatively, which I think this time has also done. Like it's given a lot of creatives and designers time for reflection and it has so many people in the industry like painting, sketching, and playing dress up again like we talked about. And I just think that Instagram has been used in such a good way during this. Like we've seen more IGTVs and lives for collaboration purposes with people crossing industries, whether you're in health and wellness or in fashion. Like it's making it all one. We love skincare. We love like yeah. talking about health and wellness and kind of combining it all is super cool to see. And I hope that continues too beyond this. My final word is mm -hmm. to shed a light of positivity. Mm -hmm. I think Jennifer Lopez said it best. She said nobody wanted this to happen, but if it has to be this way, now we can take advantage of the time and work to get better at what we do. That's how I've been honestly handling this whole thing is right. also trying to give back and help as much as I can with the COVID-19 crisis, but also trying to just better myself mm -hmm. mentally and physically. So yeah, definitely. We hope that everyone is like, staying safe, staying positive, staying healthy, 
Try and support small businesses where you can, when you can. Definitely check out this whole podcast. I feel like the first half of it was a lot like our Hey Y'all quarantine edition question and answers. We talk about more about like what we like to do in the mornings, random stuff that we thought of during quarantine and um, things that I didn't even know about Sam yet. So yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on our podcast, follow Raw and Real NYC on Instagram. We post inspo and love showing you what's going on in our lives. Till next time, keep it real.